Are you a thought leader? Do you think you should be? Do you have to be a thought leader in business these days? And if you want to be one, is it as simple as just calling yourself one? Or is there more involved? And what's the difference between calling yourself one and being one? I had so many questions and they all got answered in this podcast. My name is Rachel Claver and I am your host of Mifit Marketing. And today I'm joined with Verity Craft. She's actually one of my clients. I love working with her, but she's also a thought leadership nerd. She's self-described as a thought leadership nerd, by the way. Uh, she's also a speaker, coach, and writer, and she also happens to adore musical theatre. Together with Christina Wedgwood, she has built Intelligent Inc., which is the go-to thought leadership place here in Aotearoa, and is a place where people can go and learn how to be a thought leader, develop their skills, and then potentially also even write a book. They've worked with hundreds of big-thinking, purpose-driven experts. They help them maximize their impact, build their reputations, and grow their business. Verity joins me on Mifit Marketing this week to explain why it's okay to not love the term and still act like one, how to use different thinking skills to stand out from everyone, and why sharing thoughts about what you know might not be the ticket to getting new clients and exactly why that meant that she had to come and work with me as well. This post is filled with great nuggets and information so quite frankly I did not want the interview to end. Now I do want to say uh, that Verity is part of my content masterweb and a lot of the content that I'm sharing on my new podcast Confident Content is of content that I also share with my clients there so go and have a listen to Confident Content. It came out last week and it will be continue to go out every week on a Friday from now on. I want us to really enjoy this time. So get your pen and paper, take some notes. She's got amazing information. And let's get ready to learn about whether you need to be a thought leader. Welcome. This is Mabbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Welcome to Method Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver. I will be honest with you guys. This is my take two of the start of this, uh, which is unusual for me, but I totally fluffed up the intro on this. So <laughs> we're doing it again. Um, I'm really looking forward to having our guest today, Verity Craft. I'm going to get her to introduce herself in just a moment. Before I do that, I do want to say to you, are you listening to my new podcast, Confident Content? Oh, man, Confident Content. Say it confidently, <laughs> Rachel. Uh, it's all about a deep dive into content marketing. It launched on August the 18th, and I'm really looking forward to you having a listen to it if this is before that uh, is coming. Because um, I don't know when I'm, I don't know when this is going live. I don't know. I'm not in control of my own show. Um, anyway, Verity is from Intelligent Inc., and they help purpose-driven individuals maximize their impact and help them as thought leaders. I messed up exactly what that was because I have ADHD. <laughs> she gave me a list and I wrote half of it down and went, I think she's going to finish it for me. She is used to working with me because she's one of my coaching clients and knows full well the agony of having my brain in a coaching meeting. Um, so anyway, without further ado, Verity, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rachel. It's awesome to be here. <laughs> I love it. I think that has to be the most chaotic introduction <laughs> ever. Um, the intro, the proper intro at the beginning will be better, I promise, because I write that down. And I, well, I don't always write it down, but I'm getting better. Um, so Verity, tell us a little bit about you and tell us a little bit about Intelligent Inc. And let's finish that sentence properly. Tell us exactly what Intelligent Inc. does, because so... I totally did not explain it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're all good. Well, um, I need a coffee. Let me have a coffee while you do that. <laughs> so, yes, Intelligenink, we help purpose-driven experts to maximize their impact as thought leaders and authors. So we are massive fans of helping people make their thinking better, make their ideas better, and then help those ideas uh, become more accessible and more available so that they can both have a bigger impact, but also build their reputation and grow their business. Okay, so that was perfect. And I got the word experts wrong and put individuals <laughs> out. That was where I first went wrong. Cares. <laughs> Lots of the people we listening help. really carefully. Yeah, they all are individuals. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of being a thought leader, right? <laughs> um, so I have got you on today because you obviously do, like you do some really cool stuff. Um, we're not talking about it today, but one of the things that Intelligent Inc. does is it helps those people who are thought leaders basically put down their ideas enough into a place where they shape it into a book that they can publish. Um, and I'm really passionate about that. I, I didn't want to talk about it today because obviously I've done a few episodes already around my own book on that journey. Um, but I will say that I do agree with you that one of the best ways to place your signature voice down is through a book. And I think it is a very clever thing to do. But I wanted to take it a step back from that because I will be honest, I have mixed feelings about the phrase thought leader. And I think I've told you this before anyway. I think I have mixed feelings about it because I feel like there was a time in corporates, and I'm not a corporate person, I'm a small business, it was very overused. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess too, I don't really understand what it is. Like, can someone call themselves a thought leader? Do they have to, is it like an expert where someone has to wait to be called that, to be that, all those sort of things. So I thought, let's just start with the very basics. If I ask you, what is a thought leader? Mm -hmm. What would you say? I would say, look at the words in it. So there's two parts of it. The first is the thinking. It's somebody who has really great ideas, who is doing really robust thinking, is making their thinking better, is open to new ways of thinking. And then they're leading with that thinking. They're out there sharing that thinking so that other people can benefit from it um, so that they are really driving forward with that thinking. So when it comes down to it, and honestly, I've got mixed feelings about the term too. Can, can I just say though, I wish that that, that, expression, that description that you just explained comes with the words thought leader because you say that and I go, Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, I get really excited, but it's just the phrase. It's really yeah. interesting, isn't it? Like, I, I have mixed feelings too because there's so much out there about what people think a thought leader is. And we've we've asked several times, like, are there other phrases we could use? And we do use other phrases, but when it comes down to it, like, it is a really good description of, of what we help people it with. It is. And the way you describe it, it, it's perfect. Yeah. And I love... Because I have a big thing around this because I don't think you can be a thought leader. This is me being mean, but maybe you're going to disagree with me. <laughs> I don't think you can be a thought leader if you only share other people's quotes. Correct. Other people's models. Correct. Other people's examples. And it's one of the things that I will say to someone if they're saying, oh, I am a thought leader. I'm like, I have watched your post for a year and all you've done is show me other people's models. Where is your model? Where is your language? Mm -hmm. Where is your way of describing things? Yeah. And and our purpose overall, like our, our business purpose and kind of my purpose is that we want better thinking. We want to bring forth better thinking because we believe that the world will be better if everyone is thinking more critically, more creatively, you know. And so that's why we love thought leadership. It's not like... Yes, it's a great tool for growing your reputation in your business, but actually what we love is the impact that it has. And so I think that that's exactly right. Like you are not a thought leader if all you're doing is 
sharing other people's thinking and other people's ideas. Um, and also if you're only marketing your business as opposed to the ideas, and that's not a bad thing. You can, mm. you know, I we love marketing. Marketing is amazing. Yes. But we do love they're, marketing. they're two separate <laughs> things. And yeah, yes. and you use marketing as part of your thought leadership. Yes. And we're looking at how we, you know, that's why I'm working with you, is yeah. to market the business as opposed to our ideas. But they, they are two separate things. And I think people get caught up in thinking that, you know, just just content creation is the same thing as thought leadership. And it's actually not. It's about the thinking is the, the difference. So I really love this because it's tying a couple of things in for me. Before I talk about that, because I, you and I have been on a similar journey with that, which is why I think for me, this was my awakening around this for me, around mm -hmm. the difference between sharing my thanks, which mm -hmm. I've always done. And I don't say that I'm a thought leader, but I'm saying sharing my thanks. So like, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I'm a thought leader. Um, so, so that, oh, well, thank you. Well, this is the question I'm going to ask you. So when I did my media kit um, and I did my website, I gave it to a friend of mine who works with corporate clients and she's someone I really respect. We talk quite a lot. And she said, hmm. I don't think you should put Thought Leader on there because I'd put it on because people had said it to me. Mm -hmm. Because she said, because you work with SMEs and I don't think Thought Leadership has got a place in SMEs. It's really a corporate term. Oh, interesting. And I was nervous then about saying, I mean, I'm an, you always feel nervous anyway about saying something about yourself and then thinking and go, Liar. you know, like in The Princess Bride. <laughs> but, I, but I also was like, oh, can you not be a Thought Leader if you're an independent person doing something 100% can be like that's actually probably the bulk of our clients are individual coaches consultants subject matter experts um we do work with some corporates and some bigger businesses as well um but you just you can still be a thought leader and in fact I would say that a lot of our best thought leaders are individuals or in small businesses um so I think you absolutely can I I would say that probably where she's right is that small businesses maybe have more of the misconceptions of what you have about thought leadership. You know, yeah, originally. Yeah, maybe that's so what it is. it's maybe yeah, not as appealing to them yeah. um, as it would be to potentially a corporate kind of world that likes some nice nice fancy titles and stuff. Yeah, they always love the nice fancy titles <laughs> and, the, and all the little, little, what are those things? Anagr you know, like with... with um, acronyms. Acronyms, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. They love the... I know, I, when I Bloody first met Rod... Because um, he was in corporate and he would come home and he'd be like, I went to the FCGBT thing with the <laughs> WXYP, you know, and I'd be like, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Can you please just break that down for me? I was like, what are these acronyms? I don't understand them. Okay. So, so, okay. So that's one thing you can do. I also wanted to ask around, or talk about that thing around, there's a difference between thought leadership and marketing mm. because I had this mistake because for a long time I would share my ideas and I had lots of people following me and talking about stuff and oh, I love the way you talk about it this way and hey Rachel I'm a goat in a tree and all these things that I'd kind of created as my kind of pictures or ideas mm -hmm. to help shift people's ideas but they weren't necessarily becoming clients yeah and I realized that there's one thing to share your ideas and then there's another thing to market your business. They are two different things. Is that the journey you're going through? Yeah, 100%. And that's kind of the realization that we've come to both for ourselves, which is why I'm looking with you, but also for our clients is actually getting them to recognize that, you know, you can market your business without building thought leadership, mm. but you still need marketing for your business, even if you're doing thought leadership. And 
the thought leadership can mean that the marketing has way more impact and can take it to kind of the next level, but you still have to remember to do that. And we've always been notoriously bad at actually converting people <laughs> into, you know, into clients. And so that's something that we're having to learn how to do because we're so much more comfortable just sharing our ideas and sharing our clients' ideas. And um, and so that has been a real learning for me. But you do have to do, I, I would always describe thought leadership as your approach. It's your long-term strategic approach to coming up with your own IP, your own ideas, and then sharing those. And then marketing is how you actually convert those into business for you. So one of the powerful things about thought leadership really is that it protects us in an AI world. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it? Like, I I remember asking ChatGPT, hey, if I was going to talk about uh, personal brand and I used the analogy of goats and trees, could you do that connection for me? And it went, what the hell? Yeah. It didn't say what the hell, but it basically said their version of it. And I was like, okay, well, you can't do it, but I've done that. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting was that like, I gave it like pretty much my thought processes to mm -hmm. get it to type together and it couldn't put those two things together. Yeah. And I know that guys, look, I used to work in education as a primary school teacher and then I went to the child. So I do basic thought leadership stuff. I do porridges, you know, three people porridges and goats and trees and spiders because in my head, I am still teaching five-year-olds. I understand. I understand <laughs> that this is not exciting to some of you. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't think there's thought leadership, Rachel. I think that's just being weird. But it's still thought leadership. <laughs> but it's but I think it is like the way like when we have our own models, we have our own way of doing things. Mm -hmm. It can still look like someone else's model. We've just shifted or shunted it or moved it or molded it a bit to be something in our own language. Is that we're not stealing a model, but do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, we all nobody comes up with an entirely original idea, right? Like we are all influenced by what we learn and what we pick up from around us. That's how creativity works in our brain. It's literally our brain going, well, I know this thing and this other thing that's totally different and I'm going to bring them together and make them make sense. And so thought leadership can still, you know, your thinking can still take influence from other people, but it's about bringing your own unique perspective and doing it in your own unique way. And then obviously referencing when you are actually mm. just using somebody else's model because there's still space for that too, right? Absolutely. Mm. And I think too, like talking about influences is really important too. You know, like I'm never scared if I've got something from someone that's shifted my thinking. Um, you know, I use I use one of Natalie Coombs things, which is, you know, that every business is a black box. I always say that that's Natalie's words. Mm -hmm. I would never say that's mine because it really is her language. That's totally. what she said. Um, but I might then find something that I go, might explain it a different way. I can't imagine, I actually can't think of something that would explain it better than that. But if yeah. I, it's often my models or my thinking or words have come from me going, yeah, that's cool. But no one I know understands that the way that person's explained it. So I will find another way or I need to nut it out for myself. And so I'm, I don't know why I'm doing like a crazy thing in my head <laughs> when I'm doing that. There probably is like a summation of how my brain works. So can anyone be a thought leader? So I think eventually, yes, but being a thought leader does require some experience. You, you have to be an expert in something, you know, you, it's not just sharing an opinion. We all have opinions, but it's, I like to say that it's, you know, they've got great ideas and the experience to back them up because, you know, you can come up with a new idea, but until you've actually tested that and evolved it and figured out whether it works, then it's just a an idea and that's great and I often often suggest that people treat their ideas like hypothesis hypotheses um so that they don't get too entrenched in thinking it's the only way 
I like that. But you've got to you've got to have some kind of experience, and that doesn't have to be qualifications by any means. Like obviously, there's some amazing thought leaders out there, like Brene Brown and Adam Grant, who are you know researchers and academics and stuff. But actually, there's also lots of people who all of their experience is on the job, um, and that's certainly where like we sit and where yes, a where lot I of our sit. clients sit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's I don't think it's that. I think anyone can eventually be a thought leader if you are getting experience, you're coming up with good thinking, you're being creative, you're finding new ways to solve problems. But I would be really surprised if someone came out having never worked in a field and, you know, managed to actually come up with an idea that yeah. has, you need to you know, has real value. Working knowledge yeah, somehow. Totally. Yeah, Because I, I quite like that because I know that when I was a facilitator in early childhood, one of the reasons I moved out of that was I'd been off the floor for so long that I knew that I was coming up with stuff that actually might not work. Mm-hmm. Like there were great creative ideas, but I didn't hadn't tried and tested them, and I didn't really want to be doing something that was creating that. That you know, so there's a difference between having a creative idea or you know coming up with this magical kind of formula or process, and then there's the testing out of it and does it actually Absolutely. work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that that sometimes it is an evolving thing. Like you know, in our coaching group that this week, uh, you know, Becky and Vanessa are in the group, and I'm sure they won't mind a, a shout out, you know, because they work in the neurodiverse space and they found my model wasn't working for their brain, so they repictured it in a different way, and then it's made me go, oh, how can I make this so that it's more accessible? To different brains and so I'm going I'm gonna I've asked them if I can use their model but I'm now modifying that it's still my overall model but I think that it will evolve over time it should be getting tested and working and a model should work every t- like it should have some some room for movement but the basic structure of it should work in every application yeah and until you've tested an idea you don't know whether it's going to work like we have ideas that we came up with this model for probably five or six years ago that I got so excited about. And I was like, yep, we're going to build our strategies around this. We're going to do that. And it just didn't bloody work. Like in theory, sounded great, but it didn't work when we actually put it into play with clients. And so I was like, all right, cool. That was a learning. We're going to put that one aside. Um, And it's okay to have ideas that, you know, don't work or that actually do work, but you can make them better because you get feedback from people. And that's a really exciting thing in my mind. Like, is that it's not about a, I have to come up with this one perfect thing once and that's what I live off for the rest of my life. It's actually going, this is a constant state of evolution. I really like that just overall in business. Like I think about that with, you know, I'm now doing my marketing strategies over six sessions. I'm loving it. The clients are getting better results. And sometimes part of me feels guilty in some ways for all the people that I've worked with before that I didn't have that thing. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't have got to this point if I hadn't done literally hundreds of them my other way. Yeah. Funnily enough, I've just done exactly the same thing with our strategies. Oh my gosh. Isn't that so weird? Yeah. We were doing like two half day workshops. Yeah. That's what we were doing. And then we started doing them as like over a couple of months. And I'm like, oh my God, this is game changing. It's amazing. Like it's actually harder because you've got to fit it in. Like I've had to reduce how many people I work with because before it was so easy to slot things but the impact mm-hmm. that you get from both of you and you actually grieve when you say goodbye to the person whereas before it was like hey see ya right <laughs> next to the person you know like and even though you didn't want it to be transactional it was very much that because it's only like it's so I agree with you like having that for me and this, sorry guys it's off topic but it's just 
to me, like discovering for me how much more rewarding that is has been like an unexpected pleasure. Yeah, actually, totally. Which and has I, been I so good. I love that about business and thought leadership is it's like yeah. you discover it's really fun when you treat it like an experiment and mm. you don't put your identity into your ideas, mm. which also I think takes some of the fear out of it of like people get really scared about putting themselves out there. As you know, you're always talking yeah, to people, you know, yeah. um, people get really scared of putting their ideas out there because they're worried about what other people will say. But I think as soon as you detach that, um, like, well, this has to be perfect because it's part of my identity and just go in with a, I'm just testing it out. I'm just playing around with it. Um, it's a really different uh, feeling and approach. Then if because then if it bombs, you don't you don't feel so connected to. It. That's why mm. I was like thinking, you know, one of the things we're talking about this week, and which you, I know you you couldn't be there for. Um, we were talking about you know having this great idea about this thing you want to do, and you focus on that, you forget to do all the stuff you have to do underneath it, it's like all the boring stuff. Because you're so, but then you're disappointed when you go to do it because all the boring stuff is the stuff that makes it really good. You know, and so it's kind of like you put too much effort into the wrong parts of it. So like when you're invested in like, this course is going to make my business great. So you spend two years developing it, but you haven't told anyone about it. It's going to bomb. And or, you know, like this model is going to be perfect. Like I know people who've literally become bankrupt because the idea, they spent all their time working on their idea, but didn't tell anyone through it or build a platform or have anyone to talk to about it. So no one trusts them. Yeah. We often say that an idea kept in your head or even just kept in your business has no value. So if you want to contribute, if you want to make the world better, if you want to grow your business, if you want to do whatever it is, then you absolutely have to make your ideas accessible and available. So keeping it to yourself and trying to make it perfect before you share it isn't helping anybody. And I think sometimes when you can bring it back to that, like actually what what are you trying to achieve and getting to perfection is you know a myth um but it's also like you're just holding off from helping people and actually christina and i were having this chat the other day because she's working on her book right now which yeah well we've helped so many people write their books and haven't bloody written our own um and so she's working on hers and she was like i feel really guilty that i'm not focusing on the business and then i'm spending the time and i'm like well the longer you put it off the more of a cost it is to our business and to the people that you're trying to help with this because she's writing it around those who are quite re- scared about thought leadership or, or quite shy or overthink it. Um, and that was exactly it. It was like, well, think about what you're trying to achieve. The more that you put it off and put other day-to-day stuff ahead of it, then the longer it takes before you can have that impact with it. Yeah, and I will say, you know, because I know you do books, but I think that one of the things I've really learned with it is that you can't look at the book. I, I sent you that link of Kate Toon mm-hmm. yesterday and you know, someone said, what's the RRI? And she said, well, I did this for me. And I think there's a truth in there, but there's also a an understated, people don't understand the impact the book has. It, it's unlikely to have an ROI. It's kind of like when you're putting your ideas on LinkedIn or anywhere else, it does, it can feel very understated. You know, because it takes, it's like the old pastry, you know, layer, open, layer, open, layer. It's the layer of knowledge and trust that you're building with each little part that you're imparting that thought leadership is going to make a difference, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you can use a book as an accelerator for your thought leadership. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't make money off selling books. You make it off how no, you use it. No, you make it, it off how you use it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not as, people are like, how much money did you make? 
Well, let's talk about how much money I've lost so yeah. far. <laughs> and I'm about to do an audio book and that's going to lose me another 3K. You know, but it's so all an investment. It's going to be an investment. <laughs> I have to explain that to Rod because <laughs> um, he's the one that doesn't understand that. But luckily, if he wasn't around, we would be bankrupt because I'd spend all my money on other things. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, so I've got, I guess one of the things I'd quite like to know is that how do you know that you are a thought leader like is there a magic click button is it when other people say you are is it like because you know experts you always go oh you shouldn't call yourself an expert other people call you that you know like I it was like social media guru back in the day you know you're not a social media guru but if other people call you that then it's okay yeah I mean I often say to people when they're starting out it's not about becoming a thought leader it's about building thought leadership which is really different because I think when you think about I want to be a thought leader it's often about, I want to be seen as a thought leader. Whereas if you think about building thought leadership, you're going to do that in a really different way that's focused on the steps and you're more focused on the journey. And I think it's a little bit like when you say to people, how will you know whether you're succeeded? It's like most people don't know whether they've succeeded. They still suffer with imposter syndrome. So I think, yeah, you're a thought leader if other people see you that way. They won't necessarily call you that, but they'll see you that way. But I think if you just focus on building thought leadership and having the biggest impact you can both on other people and your business, then eventually you're going to be a thought leader. It's just that you're focusing on the right things rather than on like the how you're seen. I like this because the last thing I'd ever want to think is I am trying to be a thought leader, but I'm very keen about building thought leadership because I'm, I'm not trying to, I actually don't care if anyone ever thinks of me as a thought leader. I just have this innate desire to share my ideas. Yeah, exactly. I don't really care how many people see them either. Like I don't, re- I, I'm very disinterested in analytics, like, which is a, probably a terrible thing to admit as a marketer, <laughs> but I just, like it just doesn't really bother me. I kind of feel like if one person changed their perspective, then it was worth it. Totally. Well, you think about like when we work with clients, like I get so excited Like we've got a group coaching program for thought leadership and we only launched it a few months ago. And every time one of them says, oh, this changed the way that I thought or this unlocked it, I get so excited. And I'm like, well, of course I'm excited because I can see the impact. And it's not necessarily about reaching thousands and thousands of people. You know, we know that our message is quite niche. Um, But if I can get somebody else, you know, even someone who isn't working with us yet, but to get that same excitement over unlocking their thinking or making their thinking better or or sharing an idea and other people connecting with it and I'm like cool that's what I want like that's the impact and it doesn't actually matter I mean yes obviously it feels very nice and it's that little validation when you're like oh look at all these thousands of people looking at my content but when it comes down to it I'm like what I care about is what that content does to pe- for people and obviously for our business because that's you know you've got to balance the two um not about, oh, well, this got seen by thousands of people. And I think that's the same with marketing because, you know, you you know that for me, I don't really, I'm not trying to get you guys to go, let's go viral and get, you know, 100,000 for like, it's not my thing. It There is a benefit of having a bigger platform because the bigger the platform it is, it's kind of easy to get your message out. But actually, it's never about the thousands. Most of us don't need a thousand, like thousands and thousands of clients or customers or an audience. That is that I need to be a thought leader thought. The other, that high idea of building thought leadership is building a group of people who really are engaged with your ideas and get the way your brain works and go, I need more of that. Yeah. Yeah. As a 100%. business owner, as yeah. it d- depend, which might be a bit different if you were in an organization where thought leadership in there might be about how I move my career and having people see me in that position and trust me as a person 
if I want to change my career or move up in the organization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and how you build thought leadership is the same whether you're a business owner or an employee. It's just that what you're actually trying to aim towards is really different. So for someone who's an employee in an organization, they might not care about like they might they don't need to really market their business out there because they don't have one. So it's more about just sharing the ideas and being seen that way. Um, and likewise, there are lots of organizations that are taking a thought leadership approach. And so they're pulling together all the expertise from within their team and sharing that. Um, so it's all like you're going to, you want a different end result for each of those, but doing it is the same thing. It's you're coming up with great ideas, great models, great frameworks, and you're making them accessible so that people can understand them. Like I love your analogies, like the web and goat in a tree, because because people once you've explained them, people are like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense, and they remember them, so they're they're memorable. Um, so it's doing that, and then it's sharing them and getting them out there. Um, and that's really all it is when when it comes down to it. Yeah, because I think that one of the things I found really interesting before, right at the beginning, you started listing off, and I know you've got some really cool cards that you have around helping with thinking skills. But thought leaders don't just have to be super creative. Like I am quite a, I'd say I'm probably, if we we're going to say <coughs> that I'm a thought leader, that I'd be on that scale of I'm a create, I'm like, I, I'm about building creative thought leadership. That would be my space. Um, and that would be kind of where, but you t- mentioned critical, like critically, crit- critically creativity. What are those kind of sections there? Putting on the spot, you might not know them off by heart because there's six, isn't there? Oh my gosh, that gives, I was like, please let her have the pack right there with her. Because cause it is, this is around like if people were going, actually, well, I think I do have potential to think beyond what I'm reading or what I know. And I've got ideas or ways to explain that. How do I kind of shift into that? There are sort of sections of places that you can kind of go, can't you, to do that. Yeah. And often we'd say, you know, you're you're deploying a couple of different ways of thinking. So the, the ones that we do, so we have these intelligent think cards, which we actually created as Christmas gifts for clients. And then so many people posted about them on LinkedIn that they've become a product now. Um, I so- love that. <laughs> yeah. You can put it, give me a link and I'll make sure I put it in the show. Oh, notes, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. um, and so there's six categories that we came up with, which are the kind of type of questions that we would ask in coaching sessions. So they're thinking critically, which is when you know, you might have an idea that's really good or that you think is really good, but you want to be able to stress test it and actually make sure that it's good. And so this is where, like you said before we jumped on to the recording of this, you said, I might be devil's advocate. And I'm like, I freaking love that because I actually think that, you know, you should be playing devil's advocate. One of the questions that we ask is how would somebody argue against this idea? How would someone Rod disprove is my, it? Rod is my critical thinker. Yeah. Like I sent him something yesterday because I want to launch a new type of coaching program along the one that I've got. And I keep on saying, oh, when I, the way I introduce things to him is I'll say, in 24 months time. And then it becomes <laughs> in 12 months time. And then I was talking to one of the, another person and I said to him, maybe we might be ready to do this maybe in January or February next year. Like this... And then I sent him a thing and I said, I think this would be a great platform to serve both my current coaching program, my one-on-ones and that thing. He said, I think that probably what we really need to do is have a sit-down meeting just to work out exactly what all the needs are here and actually go through some things and sense test it, check it before we move on to choosing a platform. Thinking critically. I love it. I love it. It's so important. And then I'm not that critical thinker, (laughs) but I need it in my life and I've learned to submit to it because because it makes my stuff better. If it can't be thought, if it can't be held up critically, 
it shouldn't be doing it. 100%. Christina and I are a bit like that as well. Like I'm, I'm very, she often says if anyone was going to join a cult, it would be me. Cause I get, cause I <laughs> no, get you really would, excited. No, Charity, I was like, I would lead so the fair. cult. Come I know, on. I was going to say, you would, you would lead the cult. <laughs> and it would be, and we've got to use the word craft in there. So I think it needs to be like the crafty cult or the, the craft, oh, the craft makers. <laughs> The craft makers where everyone sings before they have to do anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, but yes, because I get very excited. Your cult. Okay, I'll great. join your cult. I'll, as I'll long as it's so got done. nice clothes, it's not like those really... Sh- I'll join your no, cult. No, well, it has to be colourful, yeah. right? So. Yeah, it has to be colourful. Oh, no, I have to tell you something after this about my current obsession. I'm not going to do it on the hair okay. because everyone else is going to judge me. No one judge me. Okay. All right, so critically, what else? Critically, thinking deeper. So often what we do, and I'm I'm definitely guilty of this, is I go surface level, this is a fun idea. Um, and I'm like, this is cool. Let's just start talking about it. And so being able to dive deeper uh, yes. and actually ask questions like, why does this matter and why is it important? Like, yeah, okay, cool idea. Who cares? Or, you know, what haven't you considered or what are the consequences of this idea? Like what happens next? So diving really deep is really important. Um, There's thinking collaboratively. So we're big believers that you will never get to a great idea by yourself. So great ideas do not happen in silos. They happen when you engage with other people and that's you know that's sometimes your team if you've got a team that's sometimes your clients that's sometimes going out onto social media and asking questions and getting feedback but you know if you think about like I I know that if I'll sometimes have ideas in the middle of the night which is really freaking annoying um, oh, I know oh, so annoying um, especially when you're like okay it's all right and then your brain goes no you have to deal with this right now yeah exactly or or what if you could take it to the next step and then the next step and then the next step and then this idea and then this idea. So and then- can I just tell you though, I built a business originally. My very first business was built by going to a conference and I was in a hotel room with my two little kids and my husband at the time. And I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and now I, I went into the bathroom and from two to four, I had pens and paper. I used the kids' fat tips and I wrote it all out and it all happened within five years. But it was like, I just needed, it was a moment. And yeah. I think- Sometimes it is worth, like if it's happening every night, it's not great. But actually, I think it's because when we're a young mum as well, when we've got yet little kids or when we're busy during the day, we're not giving ourselves enough time for our brain to relax mm-hmm. and fly. Our brain will make that time for us regardless. 100%. And that's, we often say to people, and we're not always the best at uh, living up to this, but is that you have to give your brain space. So if you want to take this approach, you have to give your brain space because otherwise it will create the space for you. And I know that because it does it for me. At 10 p.m. at night, at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's how we came up with um, the Better Book Project, which is our group coaching program for books, was at 2 a.m. one night. I woke up. I was pregnant. um, And I was like, how do we scale the business? Like, if I'm going to step out, you know, I want to be able to set them up and stuff. And I literally just got up and scribbled pages and pages of notes about what it looked like. And, you know, a few changes here and there, thanks to the others making some better decisions, not at 2 a.m., um, but other than that, it's pretty much how we came up with it, uh, how I came up with it at 2am. What I find really interesting about that too, though, is that one of the things I've been really working with, with my clients, which will probably be similar to you, is that I'm a huge believer in when you place a boundary of limits around something, then you find a creative answer. Because mm-hmm. yours was, if I'm going on 
uh, maternity leave, how are we going to make this thing work? Mm-hmm. And so, so that, that limit or break mm-hmm. makes your brain go and find things that you haven't seen before because totally. you're putting it. So I always go to people, if you only had three days a week or two days a week with clients, but you have to make this amount of money, how would that work? Because that's what I did. I went, I want to do 350k turnover by myself this year. How am I going to make that happen when I haven't done that by myself before and I've restricted my hours? And then I worked it out. That's awesome. Yeah. Those those constraints are so powerful for creativity. Yeah. 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 Sorry, everyone that were like, what? Yeah. Um, but that's, <laughs> I, it's because I kept on working with people that were doing a lot better than me as a solo person in a mm-hmm. similar industry. And I'd be like, what are they doing? Why are they? And I went, no, I'm going to put a boundary around myself and work mm-hmm. it out. My brain will work it out for me. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. And so then the other ones are thinking creatively, which is obviously what you're amazing at. And that's sort of, I think what I really like about taking that approach is it's just going, all right, if there were no limits, what would that look like? Or if there was this limit, what would that look like? Or if you were five years old again, how would you go back to it? Or what what would fascinate a five-year-old about this idea? Or um, if you were an alien coming from space. So like, that's my whole secret though. If you were a five-year-old, <laughs> how would I interest you? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I have a spider suit here? <laughs> I love that one. No, and you're right. I have got that one. I, I think it's a great, so critically um, thinking, deeper living skills, collaborative, which I had to learn. I really liked that one. I became very independent and I've really learned the benefit of that. Creative thinking. What are the other two? The other two are thinking clearly. So we often say if your audience is unclear about your idea, then it's probably because you're not clear about your idea. And honestly, we've been the guiltiest of this at times because I think we've it's taken us a really long time to get clarity over what we actually believe thought leadership is and how to build it well. And so... Um, this is definitely one that we've struggled with. It's hard and it's really hard when you're having to use a phrase like thought leadership where it does come with all this stuff. It's like, you know, I was talking, you know, we were talking about with Alana where she was like, I didn't want to be called a business coach. And I'm like, you have to use the word coach because if you explain it with high fangled terms, no one understands who you are. Like our language is so important, but it's really hard. It's really hard. Like I have also struggled with this, Verity. I think you know what someone said to me the other day, you know, I'm in your, she was working with me, she said, I'm in your industry, why am I needing to work with you? And I went, I need people to work with me. I can't do this myself. I'm too much in this. I have to have a coach that tells me or have someone go, that doesn't make any sense. Sometimes I'll say something to you guys and I'll explain something and I'm like, this is exciting. And I'm like, let's get started. And you're like, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you have to have other perspectives and yeah, it's one of the reasons why I started working with you was because I was like, actually, you know, we're really good now at the thinking part. We're not always the best at the leading part. So, you know. And can I just say something here before we jump into the last one? One of the things that um, I got really excited with with Verity, and, and, and honest, one of the things that I was a bit threatened by was Verity's an excellent writer. And one of the strengths I've got to bring to it is that I've got that strong content writing thing. Verity does amazing LinkedIn posts. She, oh, sorry for talking about you in know, third but you do, you do amazing, you know, already did writing. You didn't need help with the ideas and your writing was really good. All we changed was a structure. Ooh, yeah. And just reminded you to sell yourself a bit more and you that immediately saw an uptick. So sometimes it's not your ideas and it's not your skill. It's just how you're translating that in a way that gets the action. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that thinking clearly side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the final one is thinking ahead. And this is where being a thought <laughs> yeah, leader cool. really comes in. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I often say content marketing 
is about answering the questions that people have right now. And thought leadership is about answering the questions they don't know they have yet. Um, so it's about looking ahead. It's about thinking, okay, what will the people that I'm serving need in another year or three years or five years? Or what will the risks be to them of what they're currently doing? Or, um, you know, what, if, if I could ask the future about anything, an oracle about the future, what would I ask them? So it's, it's about making sure that you are thinking ahead. So yes, you're solving current needs and that's really important because it has to be relevant to the people, but that you're taking it one step further to go, how can I get them to look at this in a different way that's going to set them up for the future as opposed to only meet the current need? I love that. I also think that that's a very powerful thing you can do. So if we flick in a business, owning your own business, if you learn to do this thinking ahead, this prevents problems happening. For example, if you could see things slowing down a year ago, you up your marketing then, so you're not in a position to have a problem now. If you, um, we in, you know, just with the pandemic, this stuff happened, started happening over in Asia, and I was like, I think something's changing, and we changed some stuff, and we literally changed it two weeks before lockdown, and it was a seismic change. And it was a major change. We did a whole of extra work, but we were perfectly positioned because of that because I was looking ahead and going, I have a feeling. like So that. So I think thinking ahead for small business, this is a really good way it's to really protect. Important. Yeah, we, we had a similar yeah. thing with AI because yes. when our business started, it was a content creation business, yes. you know. We, well, and many other things in the early days because you say yes to everything before oh, you figure out yeah. what you're good at. I mean, we all do that. Um, it's the worst. <laughs> Um, but we were, the majority of our income came from writing people's, you know, articles, books, um, white papers, you know, long form content. And we could see that all of this was starting to come in. And, you know, it went alongside the fact that actually the stuff that we really loved doing was the coaching people's thinking and, and the strategy and, and helping them think bigger. Um, but we could see that that was a thing. And so we were starting to look at, okay, how do we do more um, coaching, more programs more things that are scalable that are not just time for money and we're already seeing that because actually the clients that have dropped off off more recently have been ones who were content clients or they might have reduced and we're only doing part of it now and then they've got um chat gpt turning whatever we create into other pieces so it you've got to look ahead i think for thought leadership but also for business because otherwise you're going to be the one scrambling going, oh God, what do I do now? And if you were in a corporate, the same thing happens. If you're thinking ahead and you're seeing change, even if people think you're, in, you know, you're, I was going to say nutter, but not appropriate. But like, if people think that you're like a, a bother or annoying because you're kind of being this herald of not always doom, but like, hey, have you guys thought about this? That I call you the anal butthole finder. Uh, but if you're that person... <laughs> Like, you know, it can be frustrating, but if you consistently are that person and you're showing some other things around that collaborativeness, you're not just being this lone wolf where you're getting angry about it, but you're collaboratively building relationships that people are listening. Yeah. Then you can become someone where they go, we need you in a leadership place. We need to have you here. We need to have you at the table with us because we trust your voice. We trust your vision. Yeah. And it's not always bad things looking ahead, no, right? No, it can like, be great things. There's opportunities and, oh, yeah. And, but there's opportunity and bad stuff too. Like totally. I think that's the thing. Like it's about going, hey, this thing is shifting. Like AI is not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a thing, you know? And so, but you can shift and change it or you can go, I'm too scared. I don't want to talk about it. And there's a choice there. Totally. Because um, I agree. Like it's funny with the AI thing. I I was like, when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, this is going to ruin everything. 
it has made me so double down on what I do because I've realized that that you have to have so much of the other stuff that I bring mm-hmm. to, to make it work really well. So it's like, sweet, this actually made my life better. Yeah. You know, so, but I could have gone the other way and gone, oh, this is going to be pointless. You can get an SEO strategy by saying, give me an SEO strategy, you know, <laughs> but it doesn't work unless you have the underpinning understandings. Yeah. So. Hundred percent. Um, so I love those six categories, and I think that you have made me feel a lot happier about explaining it. I still don't think I would ever call myself a thought leader, and I thank you for saying it, but I wouldn't. And I think I'm very happy about knowing. I don't feel like I need to be called a thought leader to share my ideas. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's really cool to see that if you want to stand out in a sea of everybody else and be remembered, if you build thought leadership. Mm-hmm then you are going to carve out a very amazing space for yourself. And it doesn't have to be for thousands and thousands of people. It could just be for a small number of people that go, hey, this person's got some cool ideas. For sure. One of the first questions we ask people when they're developing their vision is what kind of thought leader do you want to be? Oh, so, okay. You know, We're almost near the end, but I want to know this. What, ah, is, what, yeah, what do you so, mean? Okay, so tell me this. Well, because because you can be a thought leader just in your small community. You can, okay. you can lead with your ideas. So my dad, for example, is a doctor. And recently he said he'd talk at his med school reunion about yeah. the kind of the alternative stuff that he's been bringing into his practice. And it was, he was really reluctant, but he, he did it. And it was amazing. And they were all coming up asking about it and asking how they could do it themselves. So that's not being out there on social media, no, but it's I still love leading my with mum's your like thinking. That. Yeah, my mum would definitely. I think she listens to this podcast. Mum, you're like that. <laughs> it bothers me because I say stuff sometimes. I'm like, if mum is listening to this, because she's mentioned it a couple of times, and the kids were like, "What are you saying about her?" Because I think she listens to the podcast. So, Hi, <laughs> mum. But my mother's definitely Hi, Rachel's like that. mum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Hello, hello, Mrs. Potter. <laughs> um, okay, so small community lead. What else would be yeah. the other type? Or do you want to? Is it about being um, known on a national level? Do you want to be known just within your industry, or is it about being known wider? Or do you want to be a global thought leader? So, for for me. I really want to be doing a lot more speaking because it's what I love. And as you may have guessed, I like being on a stage. Um, yeah, you're great. <laughs> and, and I love it too. So I think I, know, I understand that because if you want to be on a more on a stage and be a speaker, we do have to put ourselves out there beyond that community space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just about understanding what kind of thought leader you want to be and where you want to have an impact. And once you're clear on that, then it's just choosing activities that are going to help you do that. Okay, I love that. And if you wanted to get started, what would be like one simple thing you could do to start? Like no matter what end result you want to be, if we were talking about social, what would be like a simple thing to do to start? Share one idea. So the phrase that I use to take the pressure off it, if you've got a new idea that you're not sure on, is say, I'm just playing around with this. And then share your idea and ask for people to say what they took from it or how they might make it better. Okay, because I actually, I might do that with my new coaching idea and when I'm ready to talk about it, I might actually put it in my, in the mapper group and ask there and my email list because I think that would be actually a really good idea to actually ask for feedback. They might all say, ooh, no. And then it's like, <laughs> then you know you don't I'll need like, to spend your time on it. <laughs> yeah, and then I know I don't need to spend all that time thinking about it and explain to Rod why we have to do it. Um, I think that's it. I like that idea. That's the, I mean, obviously that's not like, that's a business idea. That's not a thought, like a thought leadership idea, but it, I still think that that's actually a really cool way to put things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure as I thought it would be, um, <laughs> after I, I mucked up the original, uh, one, but <laughs> Hey, um, if people want to get hold of you and talk to you about maybe 
getting some thought leadership coaching, but also maybe talking about getting those thoughts, ideas, and ideas down and creating a book to, I'm going to use the chat GPT word, elevate <laughs> um, their profile. Because uh, I've realized I use that word all the time, even though I mock people that use it. Um, how do they get hold of you? So best way is probably just LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I am perfect. very active on LinkedIn. So you can just search me on there and there's no other Verity Craft. So you'll be able to find oh, me. Oh, so nice. Uh, very handy. Um, so LinkedIn, uh, you can obviously come to our website, intelligentinclifficate.co.nz. Um, or also I have since uh, starting to work with you, joined TikTok. So if yes, anyone wants have. to come follow me there, I'm still just experimenting a bit. But And is um, that Verity Craft as well? That is Verity Craft, yeah. Okay, cool. I should check. Awesome. I don't think that has a dot in the middle. I'm pretty sure it's no, just. I probably won't because you're just you. Just so me. probably won't need to. That's been amazing. Thank you so much, Verity. And I'm definitely going to, when we get off here, tell you about my secret new colourful yes, clothing. Yes, now obsession. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. It's been a huge pleasure having you on. And um, I feel I feel a lot happier about the phrase. I don't feel happy about everyone using it, but I feel very comfortable about how you've explained it. And I hope people here that have got something, a burning thing inside them that they want to feel like they share with whatever world that is, a small yeah. world, a, a medium, large, or the global world that you feel a bit more empowered to do that because I think, you know, it's become more and more important for us as business owners to share our own perceptions and ideas and things with the world so that people trust us more. Totally. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. It's been a pleasure. I learned so much from Verity and I love the six different types of questions to help yourself think more critically or creatively and all the other ones in there. And I definitely found there was areas in there that I could use more and also my natural bent of different ways. It also goes to show that there's all types of thought leadership as well. And I feel a little bit more comfortable with people calling me one if I am one to them. Uh, but I also would don't think I'll still ever call myself one. Okay, we are going to next week be talking about how to know whether your marketing is going to be a waste of time or not. Good, great, cheerful topic for me. Uh, but it is one of the last episodes of Mythic Marketing. There are just two more episodes before we um, say have a little sleep, sleep time for this podcast so that I can really focus on my new podcast, Confident Content. If you haven't subscribed to that and listened to it, please have a listen to it on your favorite podcast pl platform or go and listen to it on confidentcontentpodcast.com. And on there, you can also subscribe to get fresh updates every time a new podcast comes live. Right, let's get ready to think and share. And remember, sharing big things doesn't make you necessarily market your business. You still need to do that as well. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll catch you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.